Sports is no longer just about the game itself. To be a success and to find fulfillment in the game, it takes more. The mental, relational, and cultural component has become more of a focus. An athlete has to be trained in a holistic manner to reach their potential. Training the Complete Athlete provides a wide variety of interviews, podcasts for coaches, parents, and athletes to gain insight to reach a higher level of performance. So today I welcome Josh Brewer to the show, and uh, we actually got connected through um, a mutual friend, and I'm excited to hear your story because uh, actually uh, the person I got linked to you with, we were talking about the Olympics, and we were talking about the Paralympics coming in after the Olympics, and she goes, oh, I know this guy, he's amazing, and he actually has competed in the Paralympics, and uh, I w- wanted to be connected to you as soon as possible. So I'm excited to talk to Josh Brewer and, and hear about his story and his experience of competing at one of the highest levels that any athlete can compete at and uh, hear his story of overcoming some humongous obstacles and still making sports uh, the center of his life. So I'm really excited to hear from the beginning kind of to where you are now, Josh. So welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me, Gary. So Josh, you and I were just talking about um, you have kind of been all over over the world. So you did not grow up in the United States. So tell me a little bit about what life was like growing up and where you grew up and kind of what that journey was like. Well, um, I grew up in uh, East Africa in the country of Ethiopia. Um, I grew up as a as a kid. I was like a goat herder um, for most of my childhood life, I guess you could say. And uh, I, I I I never went to school. I played a lot of soccer. I grew up in a single household, parents household, but. Yeah, those are just uh, the beginnings of my life, I guess. But, so, yeah. did you grow up with other siblings? Like, did you did you grow up more in a, a village setting, or what was kind of community like for you? So, uh, it, it was like a town. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a village, but it was like a town. But I, I grew up uh, like from my my parents uh, got divorced or separated. I, I'm not even sure what happened with them. My biological parents. But uh, my, uh, I grew up most of my life knowing my father. I, I never knew my mother and uh, for the most part, but uh, I met her when I was like eight years old. And uh, after uh, my father passed away, she ended up taking me in and uh, I ended up living with her. After, after losing my father, I'm pretty sure I became one. Uh, I, I just became like a very traumatized child and just went through a lot of... Uh, bullying and all this type of stuff when I was much younger and uh, I started like running away from home and just doing really just mischievous things to get attention and stuff like that it was like um, I never knew her my mother so it was weird having to live with her and like being told what to do by her and not having my father and all I don't know it's all it's a bunch of stuff but yeah no it would be really odd to go from one type of life and then pretty much moving in with a stranger and having to follow strangers rules right right you exactly. know we i see that when kiddos are raised by step parents and the step parent tries to call the shots i'm like you're a stranger in their life yeah. telling them what to do right and yeah exactly. that's that's a very different a very different type of parenting than the the person you grew up with tell me about your injury how you got injured and kind of the background behind that I lived on the streets um, for almost like a year. At this time in Ethiopia, there was like a lot of, uh, there was a a pandemic of like AIDS and just poverty. Mm -hmm. And uh, many kids and especially in my age range were definitely out in the streets 
with me. I wasn't the only one. A group of kids that I would hang out with when I lived in the streets and we would go like from one town to the next city or the next town to make money or do something. And we would use the trains very okay. often to do that. And um, unfortunately, one day I was just too slow and um, I ended up kind of uh, getting sucked uh, by the train as it was moving and I was running right next to it trying to climb on as it was moving and kind of like accelerated. I just kind of got tugged and it pulled me under. And uh, that's basically how I lost my uh, three limbs. So uh, how did recovery go? You were on your own. And so, you know, how did recovery and you starting into a new phase of your life happen after this? Uh, recovery. <laughs> uh, well, I remember a lot of things that happened that took place. I remember even like seeing the ambulance and all this type of stuff and getting to the hospital. But after that, it was, um, it was very, I it was just like, I was in a coma. I don't remember what happened for a long time. And then my mom came to visit me in the hospital and my recovery from my accident took, took years, but, um, mm. uh, yeah. I, I, is that what you mean by recovery? Or Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, is, you know, with recovery, <clears throat> that looks different for everybody. Right. You know, some right. recovery is, is, yeah, I'm trying to get back to how things were before. For you, it was mm. a, whole, a whole new life. Right. You right. were having to adjust to having, like you say, you have lost three limbs in the accident. And how do you recover and start a new life from there? Yeah. Um, you know, that's kind of a tricky question because I, I still to this day like still deal with the thoughts of like what if you know what if I had my limbs and all this type of stuff but uh when I was when I was younger for some reason I really did just uh, accept the fact that th this was my destiny like this is what I was th this is what fate had in mind for me it, it's kind of weird because it was just like I'm missing my three limbs but I felt like I was still ambitious and I never saw my lack of limbs to limit me not to be able to do things. And yeah, I, I feel like uh, having a positive mindset has definitely helped me with my recovery and not be so attached to the past or things like that. So, yeah. Which in, in honesty, I, working with the population I do, that is an amazing perspective, especially to have so young that you didn't take it as is this happened to me it's unfair you took it as is this happened to me what am i gonna do now and and what i've just gained from your story you definitely are like okay i'm gonna take this big thing on and go do something else with that which is right. is amazing and extremely inspiring um especially to young kids that go through you know tragic events and lose what they think that their future is going to hold for them so you you know growing up in ethiopia what happened to get you from ethiopia to the states Oh, <laughs> a miracle took place. That's what happened. But uh, I was actually originally supposed to be adopted and uh, move to Australia. The, um, like I said, like fate had this stuff planned for me because it's, it's kind of weird. The doctor that did the surgery on me right after my accident was the same uh, individual that wanted to adopt me. And uh, he took he took care of me for about, uh, I would say, two years. And uh, he even took me to Australia to live with them and get like prosthetic limbs and 
go to school and do all this type of stuff. And after uh, the government of Australia realizing that uh, him and his wife were a a little too old, they decided that you know, they couldn't adopt me. So they had to look for other options. And uh, I got lucky enough and with a family up in Spokane, Washington, uh, when we lived there, uh, when they lived there. And um, yeah, it just it just happened. So how old were you when you uh, moved to the States to Spokane? I, uh, I believe I was 12, but just about to turn 13. And so how did sports come into all of this through you said you played soccer going through this tragic accident? Moving right. to a different continent now, you know, moving to a, 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 you know, to the States, where did sports come into all of this? Yeah. So, um, like, like I mentioned, uh, there was, uh, I was still, I, I was learning how to walk at, it's called a Shriners hospital. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard of it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I used to go there and, uh, try to learn how to walk and do all these type of uh, exercises. And one day a lady called us, uh, Teresa Skinner, she came in uh, just looking for young kids to participate in uh, wheelchair sports. And uh, she just came up and asked me if I want to do track. And I was like, what are you talking about? I have no legs. How am I supposed to run? (laughs) And, you know, I didn't know where she's like, no, you're going to be in a wheelchair. And I tried out track and I was like, this is not for me. I don't like going in circles, but yeah, but she had another sport. It's called wheelchair basketball. And um, I always admired Kobe back when I was younger. So, you know, I, I was willing to try it. And there, since then, I just, I fell in love with it. And it has been, it has been such a great um, path for me just to keep me stable in life. And it, it's a place where like when I go on the court, um, everything else that happens in my life just kind of quiets down. And yeah, that's basically how I started. So then uh, did you add other sports onto basketball when you were younger or was it just basketball was the focus? No, I, I love basketball. That was it. I couldn't, that, that's all I did. Basketball, basketball, wheelchair basketball, NBA, college basketball. Yeah. Uh, so then you were a Lakers fan. If you're a Kobe, uh, or, or did you I just like Kobe? And then you, I, li- <laughs> I liked Kobe, but I wasn't a Lakers fan. <laughs> okay, so who did you who did you root for? I, I rooted for OKC Thunder, okay. but I also currently, well, at least the past like five years, I, I'm definitely a big supporter of the Blazers. Okay. The closer I lived to Portland, I had to support. Well, and I grew up uh, being a Blazers fan, and I know that once you get sucked in with the Blazers, you're kind of a lifer, you know, no matter right. where, no matter <laughs> where you live. Um, I mean, I moved to Salt Lake City, and I couldn't be a Jazz fan. I just couldn't do it. Like, uh, I, I stayed a Blazer fan for sure. I don't blame you. <laughs> I'm like, I know they've gotten better, but you know. Um, yeah. So, so you so then you made the transition to, to Battleground and into high school. And so, what did high school look like? What what was what was sports when you made the transition to Battleground? Did they still have wheelchair basketball available? And was that still yeah. a big focus? Yeah, it was It was definitely a big focus. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, my father ended up getting, he ended up getting promoted in his job. And we ended up moving from Spokane to Battleground. And uh, this was my, I believe, my sophomore year. And uh, it was a big transition. You know, I had all my friends up in, in Spokane, kids I grew up with through middle school, made such great memories with. And um, yeah, and I had to leave all that behind and move to <clears throat> Battleground. But ba- Battleground was awesome as well because 
the it's such a tight knit community and they they definitely take their sports seriously over there which is they do especially basketball right yeah absolutely I I was their uh, manager for the team that's how really like I made some cool bonds with some of the teammates uh, over there but uh, we ended up having a wheelchair basketball uh, program in Portland so yeah, I ended up playing for uh, the team down there. They're called the uh, Wheel Blazers. Okay. Yeah, so that, that's what I did. But yeah, it was it was a very young team, but it, it was fun. So then another component came into your life, and you ended up in Rio right. for the Paralympics. So you go from being playing wheelchair basketball to rugby, which I'm still trying to learn the rules of rugby. My daughter played rugby and, and I've had a lot of family members play rugby and uh, I still can't wrap my head around all the rules of rugby. So I I always think of, you know, basketball makes sense to me. So you went from a pretty, you know, basic sport to I'm going to go play rugby. So how did that transition happen? And and then tell me what it was like to be down in Rio and going through the Olympic experience. Yeah. So um, like I mentioned earlier, after graduating, I went to uh, Medford, and uh, out of nowhere, I had an opportunity where when I was actually, I came to Texas to the current university I'm at, and uh, somebody recommended that, you know, I would qualify for rugby and uh, my basketball skills on the court would translate to rugby, wheelchair rugby, which is also played on a basketball court. So they call it wheelchair rugby, but I really don't know why I couldn't tell (laughs) you (laughs) because a lot of it just doesn't seem like uh, able-bodied rugby per se, but yeah, it's uh, it just came out of nowhere and I ended up classifying and everything worked out to to the point where I just invested about a year and a half of uh, my life just in rugby. Mm -hmm. And I kind of set basketball aside and wanted to see where uh, rugby would take me. And that's how I got to Rio. And yeah, Rio was, uh, wow. It it was absolutely just one of the most memorable moments of my life. Um, Yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Uh, Got to play in front of 15,000 fans for, I don't know, like two weeks. So it was one of those feelings where you're like, this is unreal, you know, I shouldn't be here, but you know, here we are. And did all we could, but uh, we played, my, our team played super hard and um, played in a double overtime game against Australia. <laughs> and we lost uh, by one point uh, in the gold medal match. So so you took home the yeah. silver. Yes, we did. Well, I've always wanted to, to ask an Olympian to what it's like to do opening ceremonies. You know, in my house, opening ceremonies is a, is a super big thing. My kids like you know, they just clamor the TV, want to watch it. So yeah. what is it like to be an athlete going into the opening ceremonies of the Olympic Games? It, it was awesome. There, there's a lot that happens behind the scenes, but it's a lot of waiting. But uh, <laughs> besides that, you know, getting to see all the different people from different countries, you know, come, you know, coming together. And I don't even know how to describe it, but, you know, it was it was definitely an honor to represent team usa there and be a uh, be a part of a great program and yeah it it was i don't even know how to put it into words but it just felt like you know all the work you put in was paying off and i I just felt ready when i was at the opening ceremony i was like yes i want to go do this right now i want to put all my work on the court leave all my uh, work on the court and 
see where it takes me. But yeah, it was it was absolutely a blast. Um, so when you when the Olympics were over and you returned home, what became the focus after uh, after rugby? Uh, what what was the priority then? Yeah, so um, I wanted to go to school. Uh, that was uh, that was always my focus. Uh, there's uh, there's about twelve uh, Division One wheelchair basketball programs in the United States. Uh, I've always uh, wanted to go to school and play wheelchair basketball at that level, and uh, that was exactly what I was gonna do right afterwards. But uh, unfortunately, um, this was a couple of years back. Um, I didn't have the best of grades coming out of high school. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that, that was basically my focus. And, uh, I ended up moving from, uh, Medford, Oregon, uh, to Tucson, Arizona. And what was in Arizona for you? What were you chasing there? So I, I was going to, I was going to go to community college and then, uh, transfer to the university of Arizona. Okay. Yeah. Is that not what happened? That is exactly what happened. Okay. I, I, I actually, I didn't even, um, attend community college. I just went straight to University of Arizona, spent um, two years over there. So went to school there, played basketball there and made a ton of memories. Uh, unfortunately, the coach that I wanted to play for ended up having to retire due to um, family issues and such. But um, yeah, so I, I, I did that. And now uh, I'm in uh, Texas. Uh, I'm in Texas, Arlington, uh, at the University of Arlington, Texas. And so are you, was that one of the 12 schools that had the program you wanted for basketball? Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Arizona was just one of the brand new teams uh, coming into the collegiate program. So they needed players and I, I was just the right fit at the right time. So I took that opportunity, but the current team I'm on, uh, UTA here, it's a well-established university that has made plenty of Paralympians mm -hmm. through their uh, wheelchair basketball programs and just different athletic programs that they have here. So, yeah. So is that the dream to go back to the Olympics, but play basketball this time? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, uh, that, that's what I'm working hard for. And, um, uh, I definitely want to make Paris. Um, that's my goal. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so how long, how long could you be doing the Olympic dream? Like for basketball and Paralympic basketball, <clears throat> what is, what is retirement age? Retirement age. Well, <laughs> I, I feel like it's mostly injury prone, you know, if you, okay. if injuries are, there and you're not really producing yeah then you you know you should probably put it aside <laughs> and move on but i feel like i'm uh if i make paris then i'm definitely gonna shoot for la as well yeah, yeah but um yeah i i definitely have other priorities as well you know i want to get a get a well-paying job and work a full-time job and all those great things. But at the same time, I have ambitions in the sports that I want to continue as well. So, but we'll see. So what are you studying at UTA? 
So I'm currently studying uh, business economics. Okay. That's uh, what I'm working towards. So are you looking to go into a job like in finance of some sort? Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Okay. Finance, uh, work for a firm, something like that. But, um, and hopefully someday uh, I kind of want to help be a part of uh, the establishment of wheelchair basketball as a professional sport here in the U.S. Um, that's something I want to work towards. So uh, hopefully my, um, you know, economic skills or just business analytics, that type of stuff could um, help that stuff become real and flourish here. Awesome. Um, yeah, because I, I mean, there's with sports, the big focus is trying to expand opportunity, right? And right. that's the thing is, is so often sports limits people to, you know, geography or finance or whatever. And to be able to open up the world of sports even more is, I think, is extremely important. You know, I, I deal with mental health of, of young people and uh, kids that are involved in sports have a higher, like their mental health is much uh, better than if they're not, right? And Absolutely. so to be able to expand that even more would be such a blessing to our country to be able to add, you know, um, uh, wheelchair basketball and other sports that people that have disabilities can participate in. So that is an amazing, amazing focus of being able to take your passion and your brain and, and do something uh, after school is done. So kind of going back and you talk about in, in the beginning that acceptance of what has happened and, and you feeling having some you know destiny of some of the things that have played out to play out talk a little bit more about that and maybe talk about how um what you have been through how you can help guide other kids that have gone through hardships growing up and can still live a big life even in the world of sports yeah so yeah, I, I don't want to make it seem like uh, right after my accident, I, I wasn't struggling with with the fact that I was missing my limbs, but it, it was just uh, deep down, I trusted that there was more to me than the, the limbs I was missing. I definitely struggled not being able to play with kids that were playing in the grass, you know, doing certain things I used to enjoy doing. But... Um, yeah. Uh, at, at the same time, uh, when I found wheelchair basketball, I definitely found confidence. That was something I was lacking, especially like um, uh, learning how to speak English. Um, I wasn't fluent in English, so I, I was struggling with that. But when you play sports, it's it's like a, a unique way where you just connect with people. So... I always say that sports is the great equalizer, right. that it doesn't matter, you know, race, language, gender, it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, one of my buddies that uh, play uh, basketball Concordia, I always say, as long as you can play, you can, that's all that matters, right? It's the exactly. great equalizer. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's like a, its own language in a way. Mm -hmm. So I definitely agree with that. And so if you were able to sit down with a group of kids or, or adolescents that have, you know, are starting wheelchair basketball or, or, or just coming into Shriners for the first time, what would you say to them about what is possible for their future? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's different for every kid, but you know, as long as you have the mentality that you want to play in the right, in the sport that you want, then the limits are limitless. 
mm-hmm. you know, because I think for that lady, uh, Teresa coming in, telling me that there was a sport, me as just a child, not knowing what it was, what, what was possible. Uh, it, it just opened so many doors for me. So I, I would tell a young, young child to just go and try it out and just do it again and again until, until you really, it really isn't for you, you know, you know, I, I got so much to say, but, um, Go ahead yeah. and say it, because as I say, like, you know, it, it's interesting because I know um, when I sit across from kiddos and they're at a point that they just, you know, we talk about different things that they could do with their life. And I hear a lot of no's. I, I hear a lot of no's. I hear a lot yeah. of reasons why they couldn't be able to do that. And I want to say, you know what? The, you don't have to say no to, to everything. There is there are dreams that just change, right? Like I know for me, I grew up wanting to be a Division One athlete and a, and a Division One coach, and I got about a year of that. And then my body, you know, I had surgeries and all these other things. Right. I look at it as the dream just changed, right? I still am in the world of sports. I still get to do those things. The dream just changed, and I see. You know, you are very much the same. It's like, hey, yeah, when I was growing up, you think of sports. My, how you would do sports is just different than what you would expected when you were young, right? So True. all those things that you would love to say to kids, what would you say? To- yeah, I, I, would, I would tell a young kid, you know, you, you just have to, you, you want to go and try new things. Don't be, uh, don't let all the other things that happen in life, people telling you you can't to not allow you to go out there and chase what you want to try out. But uh, sports not only helps you, you know, stay energetic and stay in a good shape, but it also helps you, uh, like I mentioned, have better confidence, you know, better social skills. And, you know, there's so much more to sports than just uh, dribbling a ball or uh, running on the court or on the field. So, you know, I, I would tell a young kid to not just say no you want to you want to go and say yes and just try it out and see 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 if it's really for you or not but without without trying it out then you wouldn't know because you could be missing so many good opportunities and you wouldn't even know it so that's what i would say when i look at sports is a great opportunity for community and friendship and relationship you know it's even how you and i got linked through different friendships through sports right Right. and i think that when you go through serious injury some of that time could be really lonely right and to be able to jump back in with a team is one of the best things you can do as far as relationship and community yeah absolutely um kids uh i i mean kids for the most part are definitely social but there there are some out there that you know that that could use sports as an outlet to make friends and to stay active. So yeah, it's, it's been a blessing in my life. That's for sure. That's how I've met so many wonderful people all over the U S uh, all over different continents as well. So, yeah. So uh, if somebody wanted to watch your team play, do you guys, do you like stream your games? Is there a possibility? Like, do you guys post on YouTube? How, how does somebody come or watch one of the division one teams that has wheelchair basketball? So uh, currently we do stream it. I don't have it on hand. I'm okay. sorry, but it has something to do with, um, I, I believe it's uh, moving Mavs wheelchair basketball. Okay. And yeah, if you, if you look that up, I'm sure 
it will take you to the website and okay. the, the, there should be a link. Okay. But we usually kind of play like in a tournament type of setting where um, we would have probably like a couple of other teams come okay. and to, to a facility and we would play against each other over a weekend. So it, it, it's not just like, you know, one game traveling there to their home and them coming here and type of stuff. We can't do that financially. So, okay. but yeah, we well, do more of a tournament. And what, what, what I could do is Josh, I'll be following you. So as you have tournaments, I can post it on our social media. So if people want to go check it out, they can okay. jump on links, um, both on, uh, you know, on Twitter and on, on Facebook. So I'll, I'll just post those as, as you go along. Cause I definitely want people to be able to, to watch and support, uh, support you as your season goes on. Um, yeah. But Josh, I really appreciate you talking to us about this. As I say, it, in the in the world right now, everybody wants to say I can't, and you are the complete opposite. It's almost like you're saying, "Just tell me I can't, and I'll show you that I can. I can <laughs> overcome whatever whatever is is going to be put in front of me." So I and I really appreciate you speaking to the next generation of athletes because, um, you know, this hopefully will encourage them to push through even even though when things are are very difficult. So we wish you good luck in your upcoming hoops hoop season, and we'll definitely be following you. Um, and watching your tournaments online. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Carrie. It's been a pleasure. And uh, to all those kids, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs>